What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another evening of Wednesday Night Football. I'm sorry that this is the first one in two weeks last week. I had some other things to get done. I was traveling. But we're back, and I brought on a very special guest for the return episode, Benjamin Solak from The Ringer. How are you doing, Ben? That's right. That's one way to put it. <laughs> they are battling it out for the in-the-hunt seeds. The New York Giants and the Washington Commanders played a low-scoring 14-7 game in the noon window that I didn't see really anybody talk about. So that is our game this week. And I think the most pressing issue is Tyrod Taylor got the win. They almost beat the Bills last week. So they are kind of starting to maybe put some things together. Do you think that Tyrod has shown enough to potentially usurp Daniel Jones as the starter in New York? Yes, we are living in that world. Yep. And I think even in the other world, I think I would still go with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. He was quite solid. Oh, yeah. I, I thought he played a decent game. I just wasn't, like, blown away to the point where you go, go with him over a guy who hypothetically has more potential in Daniel Jones. Like, Tyrod is... 30 what two years old it's his 13th season in the league and he did do a nice job he gave Jalen Hyatt plenty of air yards in this one down the sideline which had kind of been missing in this offense before I don't know if that's necessarily a Tyrod Taylor thing or just Hyatt yeah they upped his snap count Yeah, yeah. And that went decently well. There were some big connections and some that were good throws that Hyatt couldn't quite come up with. There seemed to be a little bit more to the offense that there has been in the past. The pass protection, while not great, was a little bit better. The explosiveness in the receiving core was a little bit better, like with Hyatt and Wandale Robinson had a big one as well. Um, When Daniel Jones comes back, do you think things are going to kind of fall off a a total cliff again? Or do you think that they will be better than they were maybe the first two or three weeks of the season when they were giving up, you know, historically good games for defenses?
Yeah. Right. Thank you for abstaining from the this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, a, a second one outside of Barkley would be nice. And I do think that Barkley is one, despite the numbers and despite the yards per carry averages. Yeah, and if I would be calling if I was another team about Barkley, I, I really would. I think with the way the league is right now, with how short a lot of the passing game has become and how low the level of play has been for quarterbacks across the league i do think a good running back can be valuable right now I, I think that their value is starting to bounce up a little bit and i think that when i watch saquon it's the most impressive 3.8 yards per carry that i think you can see the amount of stuff nuanced stuff that he has to do to just chip away between those tackles and that offensive line right now which has been the least cohesive unit in the entire league I, I think is really impressive and requires a really high degree of athleticism and anticipation and vision. And I, I really think to do what he's done behind that line these last two years is, is more impressive than any of the stats indicate. And if he's not part of the long-term future of the team and they want to kind of punt on everything and get picks, and if they see what McCaffrey got last year, which was, was not nothing, you know, yeah. Yeah, I might think about it if I was the Giants. And if I was another team and I see what McCaffrey offered the 49ers, I might actually think about doing it. I might actually think about doing it. And I don't know exactly what team that might be. I think about potentially Green Bay, who is in on Jonathan Taylor. If they want someone, who, like, it would be a lot of money towards the running back position. But they have no one right now outside of, around Jordan Love, because I don't want to lump Love into, like, the good while everyone else is bad. Like, they're all kind of bad. If I was a team like that who could want even just one difference maker and if the Giants were willing to give him up, I, I, I really like Saquon. I think that he is is being failed in New York, and that's kind of a whole tangent. But I... That they're not going... He's not going anywhere.
Yeah, I, I think that he could be a big addition for someone, and maybe not the quite the same way that McCaffrey was, but I think if we're ranking top running backs in the league right now, I think McCaffrey is one, and then it might be Bijan and Saquon if Nick Chubb is hurt. I Derrick Henry is still quite good as well, and I, I think that in the current NFL with the lighter boxes and someone... And with all the checkdowns, like shallow outside the numbers, a guy who can catch like Barkley and make things happen in space, like I think it is is quite, quite valuable. So that was another takeaway I had in this game. The other aspect of the Giants that has improved is the defense, which, you know, looked pretty horrible the first couple weeks, like all the units on the team, but they just shut down the Bills and they just shut down the, the Commanders. What do you think, if anything, has changed from the beginning of the season to now with their defensive performance or what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah, I agree. And it, it the improvement, in my opinion, in the zone coverage has helped a little bit. They have kind of tightened down the screws a little bit. I feel like at the beginning of the year, it was a little bit more basic just in terms of pass rush plan, just like pick a gap and kind of charge through it. With And since the Bills game, I thought that there was a bit more movement, a bit more layering in all aspects of the defense. And Okereke had a crazy 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 game against the bills and that was happening more and it wasn't like he was manned up on a tight end or a running back like that was zone he was playing on a string and, and making plays and 
yeah, volatility. It's it's going to happen for this Giants team. And I think Banks has done a good job. I liked him a lot coming out of uh, Maryland. He it's not It has not been perfect. There has definitely been some ugly performances. But considering, I mean, he, you compare him in, like, Forbes, like, it's... Mm-hmm. Yep. It was somewhere in between. It was somewhere in between those two. Yeah. Yes, he's been he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's on the same plane. I, I don't think that he was quite as bad as Twitter was making him out to be at the beginning of the season. Uh, he does have five and a half sacks. Uh, he was getting a ton of flack on Twitter. He Everyone was hating on him and putting him on milk cartons and whatnot. I, I think that he's at about the same place. Yeah, that, that breakout has not quite happened. I do want to talk about the Washington. Well, Forbes kind of comes into this. He was benched for this game. St. Juiced came in, and he got burned on a double move once and made a couple really nice plays in coverage. So up and down, definitely, to me, a better option than Forbes at the moment on the outside, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not a big Kendall Fuller fan at this point in his career. I think that he's looking a little potentially washed as well. So kind of tough for these Washington corners this season to – hold up and it's disappointing because the front four looks very good in Washington and that starts with John Allen and then it kind of goes to Chase Young who was a huge question mark coming into this year after time lost with injuries his second and third seasons I thought at the end of last season he came back and showed the potential to have a season like he's currently having I thought it was the right move to make it a contract year for him um, get kind of that monetary incentive going, not trade him, give him another shot through the whole season. And he's playing super well. And I want to know your thoughts on like exactly how well is he playing? Could he fetch a top contract at the edge position after this season? Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's somewhat fair. I would I like him a bit more than High Smith. I maybe I should watch more High Smith, but yes, he has had a good season. He's had a couple, and last year he had a ton of sacks. Chase is just so damn big, though. <laughs> like he just looks he he looks like him and Miles Garrett. I feel like are the two edges I look at as just like in terms of physical specimens. They might be the two best in the entire league, and. He moves so well at his size, and he's had a really good productive season. I think the motor is running hot right now. He has had pressures late in downs. I think maybe a couple coverage pressures in the in the numbers there for sure. But he had a really good game against the Giants, although what you're talking about is true. Like, one, he kind of jumped the snap, and that made it easy for him to just win around the edge right away because he has such strength up the arc. And... He's just a lot to handle because of his size. I, I do think he's gotten a little bit better with his hands from where he was maybe as a as a rookie. But uh yeah. Yep. Probably not if Max is up there. You can't look at his numbers next to Max Crosby. Yeah.
Yep, yep. He has some really rare wins. I think that's what it kind of comes down to with him. Like, the consistency isn't always there, but he had a rep when he came back last year on Trent Williams. That was super impressive. I can't totally, can't totally remember the details of it. I think it may have been a swim or arm over where he just looked. I mean, he, he cooked him. And there's just, like, with the, the size and I think the movement ability at the end, just a couple wins that get me really, really excited – I, I might bite and, and and bet on the traits that made him the number two overall pick. Although I agree, like his rookie of the year campaign probably was a little overrated and and coming into his sophomore season it got really bleak, I thought, for him. So yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. I think that he will get in that Alex Highsmith range from them. Now let's talk about the Washington Commanders offense. I actually disagree with one thing that you said earlier, and that is the Eric. I thought Eric Bieniemy kind of left Howell out to dry in this game, and overall throughout the course of this season, hasn't quite done a great job putting him in in positions to succeed. And I think it shows through in the sack numbers. Yes, stacks. I well. To me, this game felt a little bit like Mahomes in the 2020 Super Bowl, where there's just pressure all the time. To me, in this offense, they are fourth in neutral situation pass rate. The other guys in the top five are like Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Tua. Other guys in the top 10 in terms of quarterback play, in terms of pass rate, are like Dak, Herbert, Geno guys who can really drop back and operate a full passing game. And then there's Howell up there at the very top. They love sending four, five guys out in routes. They love trying minimalist kind of protection stuff. And against a Giants front with Dexter Lawrence when he can pin his ears back. They were never out of this game. They passed like 50 times. That is, and you've got a quarterback who's this big game hunter and wants to hold the ball. It's like Tampa. It's like them teeing off on Mahomes, and there it just isn't enough to me. Easy buttons or or plays that encourage Howell to avoid a sack, and I think the fact that they have taken so many negatives uh, is a large, in large part, due to Howell's own pocket presence and how much of a big game hunter he is, and how much he wants to hold the ball, and it was true at UNC as well. So it's not like this is just this scheme where this is happening. But watching this game, I just don't know if there's any reason for him to be dropping back this much, in shotgun this much, with five guys protecting him this much. I I think there needs to be a little bit more focus on getting things buttoned up. You, which you should do if you have Mahomes or Burrow or Herbert or any of the other guys in the top 10.
Yep. Yep, and and the other guy in the top 10 who you would consider to be a bad quarterback and has a really high pass rate is Baker Mayfield, and you see the same thing. Like, he came from a spread offense, and that's kind of what the Bucks try to do with him as well. It's like you don't want to condense the field too much for him. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I Like I said, Howell's sack rate in college, it was him and Malik Willis above 10%. So it, it just might be in his nature, and you can tell that he's looking at that alert a long time. You know, like he, he wants to hit it. A Malik game would, be, would make for stellar... Wednesday night football content. It would make for very stellar Wednesday night football. I don't think I've talked about the Titans yet on this podcast, which is shocking because they are so, yes, yes, they're, they haven't quite been bad enough. It's been a lot of Raiders, <laughs> and I could have picked, I could pick them every single week. The Raiders are
You were watching that game? <laughs> I... <laughs> Ooh, Steelers is prime. I don't think I've talked about the Steelers yet on here either. That's why we talk that's why we talk about the Thursday night games on here as well. And that's what I think is up next. We're about halfway through it at the 30 minute mark. So let's talk about the Thursday night football game. It is Bills versus Bucks which before a couple weeks ago looked like it would be a perfect game to talk about because it would be such a blowout. But the Bills are coming off a loss to the Patriots. A horrifically bad offense was able to kind of get right. And so let's talk about the Bills and everything that has gone wrong recently. And it really, I mean, it's the injuries. There's really not too much more to say about it than that. When you lose a top linebacker in Matt Milano, uh, a defensive tackle really playing at a Pro Bowl level in Daquan Jones, and Trey White is out as well. It's a lot to overcome, and Von Miller is still working his way back very slowly from this injury. Just, to me, not a lot of talent or athleticism on the field for these Bills, and like they would get the ball to number 81, Douglas, the rookie, and he would just go ham like there is no one no one was could catch him on the entire bills team like they were all old or slow or late draft picks and he's just running around and making everybody miss and to me like i worry do you worry about the bills having enough juice on defense to make any kind of playoff run or do you
Yeah, it's. I think it's super interesting when a head coach has that defense. It's a lot on his plate, and that's when kind of the human aspect comes into it because when you're trying to lead the whole team and you're also the D.C., how much time can you devote to it? I, I wasn't totally sold on that move when it happened. Like, you're just going to fire your defensive coordinator and then just not replace him with anybody. We'll see how it goes. I, that's the one that not being in the building, it's impossible to know exactly how they handle responsibilities or everything like that. But, yeah, it's it's all McDermott's show right now, and if they're going to hold on and make the playoffs or make a run in the playoffs, it, it has to be all McDermott and scheme, and we'll see what he can we can, he can chalk up as the head coach and, and D.C. And then on offense, it's kind of been the same story. Like, you just need a, a little bit, a gear more of juice. And early in the year, it looked like they maybe had it with the addition of, not the addition of, but the focus on James Cook, and he was playing super well, um, and Kincaid. But these past couple weeks, it feels like, you know, maybe not, that's maybe not quite enough a tight end and a, and a running back. It, it feels like, again, who is that second superstar? Like, oh my God, there's, there's someone else on this team who will torch a double, not just hold up and be okay. Or if the, if the dig gets, digs get doubled on the other side, they can torch a one-on-one. And right now it's just like, they can hold up in a one-on-one, but can they take over a game and can it become like not even an option and you have to you know spread your team out even more like it feels like that is missing in ways that it isn't quite from you know the Bengals who will probably overtake them the Ravens who will probably overtake them just not quite to me enough juice on either side of the ball for the Bills right now so can they beat the Bucks? <laughs> yes Yes. Yep, they can't really play man. Yeah, they looked they looked like a completely well-rounded team versus the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. They were, I mean, Romo kept saying it over. He was like, "Different Bills team, Jim. Different Bills team," and then it immediately kind of dried up.
I agree. I agree. I think with the Bill or with the Bucks defense, just the pass rush hasn't quite been what it, it has been. Shaq Barrett isn't quite where he was. They rely a lot on number zero, the rookie Diaby, which is, you know, up and down. Yaya Diaby, who looks the part. And then there's Tryon Shayinka, who is, a, I think, a decent player, but nothing too crazy, worth a first round pick. And yeah, when it comes to playing man, they're so thin in the secondary and like their outside corners and their slot corner. Just it, they can't. Yeah, Diggs, Diggs should Diggs should show out. Diggs should show out. And Allen has been playing really good. I think that every time we talk about Bills, I have to do an Allen QB two check. You say yes, right? There's number two. I think that it's fine. I think that their offensive results have been pretty tip-top over the last couple years. I think that his game plan against especially the Dolphins was was quite good, and I thought that his play calling in that regard like was successful, and it was schemed up stuff. And really, since week one, and until maybe this week against the Patriots, it has been a lot of in-structure Allen stuff. Like, he was a, on his best behavior for a couple weeks after the Jets game. Like, it was top of the drop, ball out, ball out, ball out. And they were working. It was moving down the field. It's not like when he was trying to create in structure, it all fell apart, and it's like, oh, well, clearly he needs to run around. No, I, I think that it all sort of went smoothly. And I don't know. I guess I'm not the best scheme guy out there, but I don't really think that what Dorsey is doing is a fireable offense. I, I think that people get so caught up in everything needs to be number one or everything needs to be perfect all the time. Like I see it on Packers Twitter with Lafleur right now. Like they want him gone. Everybody wants every coach gone all the time. And to me, I don't think what Dorsey has done. And last year it was like, well, there is no structure. It's just like Alan, go make a hero play. It's not the worst strategy in the world, you know, like that's kind of a, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a good thing for Alan to do. Those are like good plays for the bills when he has that kind of green light. I don't know if he totally has that green light from Dorsey because Dorsey will break his iPad in half sometimes after watching <laughs> Alan play. But uh, yeah, I, I overall think that Dorsey, I mean, what, he hasn't done enough to be fired. He hasn't done enough to, I, in my opinion, Yes.
Yeah. Yeah, it's, to me, every, who's doing it better? Like, we all got to be, it's, we're not comparing it to the numbers we can put up when we play with the offense in Madden, when any of us can go on and throw it to Diggs a million times and put up 200 yards. It's easy to do. You look at the offenses across football right now, who is, like, thrilled with their offensive play caller? Probably the Dolphins. Yes. <laughs> These guys, yeah, I, I finally blocked VBS. I, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't keep going with the, the Cardinals. Yeah, Petsing. They've got to be hyped. There's uh, the 49ers, but 49ers fans always have a weird vendetta against Kyle Shanahan and the fact that they've lost two straight, maybe they're like breaking out the it's his fault. Everybody gets it. I mean, I saw everybody last week when they were playing the London game. I saw so many people mad at the play calling because they couldn't convert in the red zone. And they were like, why are you running? Why are you running it? So, like, maybe now, since they just won, people are happy. But, like, as recently as last week, everybody was mad at Todd Munkin. So, I... true. So, that's that's four teams. That's That's four teams that feel good. <laughs> So that's why I think, like, when it comes to Ken Dorsey, I mean, you can be as mad as you want. It's just unfortunate everybody is hurt. And it's unfortunate that the Chiefs traded in front of them to take Trent McDuffie and they were on mic up war room cam, like, being like, fuck, <laughs> damn it, shit. And then you take Kyrie Elam, who can't start for you. Like, that's unfortunate that that happened to you. It's unfortunate that everybody got hurt. It's unfortunate that you haven't that the front office hasn't really invested in a game-breaking wide receiver to go alongside digs it, it's unfortunate that it it is kind of sputtering out at this point and the offensive coordinator maybe he could do a better job like i, I don't know about play calling i've never put on a headset i've never <laughs> i've never tried i if the results are good i assume that he's smarter than me so it's to be the second best offense in the league pretty much since he's taken over behind maybe the third behind the dolphins and the and the chiefs now but who who has a higher rate of success it's it's the bills at the very top so and and with daybowl 
The line is so awful. The line is the least continuous group of starters in the league so far. Yes, and it wasn't even good when they had the top five. I mean, they just got shredded. The talent is just bad. They, it's not Dable's fault. I don't. I mean, it is Dable's fault by making Jones look good last year that Jones got the contract. But now that they have saddled him with kind of a mid quarterback behind offensive linemen that are bad and wide receivers that are like just not well rounded. Like each is kind of good at their thing, but none of them are at all the complete package. Like Wandale, you can have him run an option route and he can break the right way and catch it and run and he can kind of bounce around underneath and Hyatt can take the top off everybody but like who is who is a guy there that is like good at everything nobody so you're asking Dable to like do what he did last year again and it would have been awesome if he could but the players just aren't performing and I guess it's his job to coach him so maybe you can fire him but I I don't think so Oh yeah, it, you can you can start to feel when the locker room starts to go, and at that point, then I think it's okay. But I don't think the Bills are clamoring for Ken Dorsey to be fired. I don't hear any dysfunctional like quotes coming out of that locker room like I am for the. Yeah, they they like Ken Dorsey, and the results are good. And like, if I <laughs> I have done more as an analyst to get fired from Blue Wire than Ken Dorsey has done to get fired as the head coach or the offensive coordinator of the bills like we are all we should all be fired from our jobs like with the standard that we hold coaches to i think (laughs) what a He kind of looks tall. That doesn't surprise me about him. Yes. Like, yeah, like me. Um, yeah, it's six. I'm six four. Yeah. You, you've met me. We stood next to <laughs> I'm taller. I'm like as tall as Nate. Oh, maybe I'm not as tall as Nate. I'm pretty close. I'm not. I'm not. You're 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 taller than you look. <laughs> you you look you look pretty short. I think I'm, I'm taller than I look. But no one has ever, no one ever expects me to be tall. You've met me. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. I think it's. That was at the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you did meet me. True, true. Have you ever been to NBA Summer League? Hilarious, hilarious environment. Everyone is... It would make the the Super Bowl people look sh- like everyone there is six foot five, and like Taco Fall is is walking around, and he's seven six. It's a hilarious just place to be when that is going on. But anyway, I'm trying to think. Do you have any other? Uh, I, let's let's go with a score prediction for the for the Bills Bucks game. I th- I think it'll be close. 
because I do think the Bills are limited, and I think the Bucks are still feisty, even though they've lost a bunch of games. I don't think they're, like, bad, bad. But I'll say the Bills by uh, eight. Oh, sweet. I think they're capable of it. I, the core of their defense is good, I, I think. You, you get Vea and then the linebackers and then Antoine Winfield right behind it. Like, it can be... <laughs> Devin White. He... <laughs> no, I, I guess David for the most part. I'm disappointed by White. I, I, thought, I thought he had potential to kind of, for the first time in his career not be told he's like the greatest at everything as a fifth round pick. And then immediately he goes on that playoff run and he's ranked as like the number one linebacker in the entire league by all the executives. Like to me, I, I just felt like the chip on his shoulder was kind of gone. And then he asked for the huge contract and doesn't get it going into this contract year. I thought maybe we could kind of see a return of that playoff run type of Devin white, like playing for a contract, finally getting told like, no, you're not, you're not all that because he, he does have a lot of he, there was a time where he just took away outside runs against the Buccaneers like he just flew over there and and took it down and that entire playoff run his his blitzing was in, fantastic and if Todd Bowles can really utilize a guy like that but it's it just has not been enough growth and, and really regression in, in several areas that is unfortunate but Bowles with his we talked about this with Cody Alexander it, He's grown like it is more. All the blitz-heavy coaches have grown a little bit. Flores has grown. Bowles has grown Like with mixing things up on the back end, and it's not just you know cover zero all the time anymore. So it can create some, some havoc, and I do think like Levante and Antoine Winfield, when those two are behind each other, like it's kind of tough to throw to that area of the field. But, yeah, it's, it's not a consistent defense. It's not a strong one at all points. Yeah, I agree. 20, 25, 16. Some weird score because it's Thursday and something weird is going to happen. I believe as well. Well, I want to ask you one more. Or go ahead. No.
who are they playing? That's not good. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think with Darnold, with Purdy, per, I don't know what my thoughts are. I, I really, I really, it's a tough one because I just don't know how much to assign. I want to say that they could be fine. I do want to say that Darnold did actually play inspired ball for the Panthers down the stretch last year. You know, he comes into a system where. You know, it is nice. It is schemed up. Like, you just need to kind of rip it where Kyle Shanahan wants you to rip it. He does have a lot of athleticism and, again, played some decent football for the Panthers last year. I thought, like, legitimately good for a stretch until that last Saints game. So I think there is a real potential that Sam Darnold could come in and have a good performance. I, I don't think that's totally off the table. And Kyle Shanahan is a guy who is not afraid to say we're going to run it every every single play which could easily happen as well. I I think it is overcomable for the 49ers. I think that you we have seen some of the flaws of Brock Purdy these last 2 weeks. He's not necessarily a star for that offense, more of like a role player who happens to be a quarterback. So I I think that it could be obviously with Purdy dialogue a big week at the Ringer and um <laughs> I think it's I think it, it could be uh, quite the week for Brock Purdy dialogue because I don't think it's off the table that, that Sam Darnold plays well. I, I don't think that it's 100% crippling, but obviously Purdy does some some nice things of that off, in that offense that and, and Sam Darnold has turned it over about a billion times in his career. So, Yeah, it'll be it'll be horrible. It'll be absolutely <laughs> it'll be absolutely disgusting. And that's just the story of every Kyle Shanahan tree or Shanahan tree coach right now is just they've made they've made the dialogue so bad. Matt Ryan did Matt Ryan ever get I, I think so. He put up such crazy numbers. I'm like, he had to have been. There we go. Absolutely not. There's absolutely no chance that Jimmy Garoppolo had a full season. I would bet that there hasn't been a season with the 49ers where the backup hasn't played it. What? That was the Super Bowl year, correct? The first one. Damn. I I doubted him. Yeah, yeah. What has Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries been this season? I feel like every... Raiders game I just turn it on and Brian Hoyer is in there and I'm like I didn't even know Jimmy was like hurt I didn't see him like leave a game he's just he's just out of there clear no 
And it's good when you are playing with Jimmy Garoppolo, who is so sapped of athleticism that he can't pass a physical. That's a fun situation to, to be in. Well, I think that's all we've got. I do want to hear your one non-Wednesday night question, like a legitimate football question that people might be interested in. Kevin Byer did the Eagles. Your thoughts. Super Bowl. Yeah, he gave up about a hundred yards in that game, definitely. He is grinding. He is grinding. Yeah, and he doesn't really, like, I don't think he quite believes in, like, the chemistry of the locker. I feel like a lot of the contenders, they're like, why why touch anything? Like, if you're the Bengals or the 49ers, why, why touch it? Or the Lions. Like, it's going well right now. Like, we're not going to bring in someone new or ship someone out that we invested in. But then with them, it's like, the culture is winning. Yeah, yeah, I watched a ton of Bayard film after the trade happened. He hasn't made any impact, like negative impact plays so far. It's it's zero PBU, zero interceptions, zero TFLs. Like he doesn't really rush rush the passer, but just just so solid at this point in his career. Like put him at depth. Like he's seen it all before. Like body positioning, taking routes away, and then reading things. Like it's crazy how fast he reacts to blocking schemes and like is able to insert himself into the play and can really read it out like a linebacker and is still quite a physical guy. So yeah, after, after what happened with Terrell Edmonds, who yeah, really probably responsible for over a easily over a hundred yards in that, in that <laughs> Dolphins game, it was
I'd be interested if you watch him or have watched him. I was so confused with the PFF numbers with his charting, by the way. It's no, I, I, I he doesn't get thrown at, does he? Yeah, no. He has he has not gotten targeted. He, they say PFF has him with more targets than than Edmonds, and I'm like that. It cannot be true. <laughs> I don't know as it goes either. Yep, I think so too. I think so too. I think that he is not. He is not washed at, at, by any stretch. So, good trade for the Eagles. That's all we got this week for Wednesday Night Football. Thank you, Ben, for coming on. Thank everybody for listening. Go Bills or Bucks, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Ben. Have a good day.